to get a human birth in that sense is very fortunate. And one sense, the human body is very special because in the human form of life we can love. In less complex forms of life, the capacity to love is limited. And for God to love is also limited. God can only love in a limited way. Hmm? And you have God and everybody is subordinate to you. The whole entire easel of love is uh, not available for painting the picture on hmm? in the realm of Bhagavatam. Hmm? So God's form is not uh, such that it facilitates love and the less complex forms of life than the human form are not suitable. The human form of life is fully suitable for loving but because it's required required I should say by punya karma which is by taking and in another sense it doesn't have much to do with loving you understand karma means taking whether it be good or bad it's realm of exploitation so within the context of that realm of exploitation the higher end of it we get a human form it's suitable for loving in one sense but it's arrived at by taking and so the opportunity in one sense that it affords is is somewhat uh, diminished by the way in which we've attained it hmm? it's in one sense designed for loving that we've attained it by punya karma and we've come out of the animal kingdom hmm, into it and brought our animal propensities um, with us and other tendencies to corrupt the human form of life. Therefore, karma is never, such that we never really get anywhere. We go up, we go down. We go up, we go down. Hmm. But God knows what the human life human form is really suitable for. Hmm? And so, because it's suitable for love, for God to love, then he has to take, the reason would be, a human-like form. It would have to be human-like, because after all, he's God. Hmm? So it would have to be human-like, He will remain God. But in that form, then loving will be facilitated. But who will he love? Who will he love if humans are 
Dvipadapashu, two-legged animals, having arrived there through animal pursuits, if you will. The same ego. A rough version. Dvipadapashu means two-legged animal. So, something has to be done. This is what I was singing about. How will it happen? How will the human form become suitable uh, for for loving in the full sense of the term? Some adjustment must be made because it's acquired by punya karma, as I'm saying, which isn't about loving, it's about taking. Although it's designed for loving. So, what to do? Well, we said that God needs a human-like form in order to love. Where will he get it? Where does it come from? The form of Krishna, which is human-like, the object of bhakti-rasa. Bhakti-rasa is fully embodied in Radha Thakurani. She is the full form of love. So, that's where to go to. When Krishna realizes how much love for him Radha has in her heart, then he thinks, this form, standing in front of her, is only a semblance of the real Krishna. This form is only a reflection of the real Krishna, the full idea of Krishna, which resides in her heart. This is his thinking. The form of Krishna comes from the heart of Radha. God wants to love. He needs a form. Bhakti is providing the form. So, he said, Jai Radha, Krishna is more in the love of Radha than he is anything separate from that. And, as I've often said, there's a little Radha in every devotee. She's Bhakti Devi. Accordingly, Krishna appears to different devotees, corresponding with their love, with their Bhakti. So, Krishna's human-like form arguably comes from the love of Radha, and Radha is, of course, the, the devotee par excellence, right? full embodiment of, of devotion. And devotees are said to be the Kripa Shakti of Krishna, the manifestation of Krishna's mercy. So, she's Karamai, full of mercy.
full of compassion. And so, as Krishna's form, and as I'm speaking about it, comes from Radha, from Radha, Radha. So, our human life form, you see, God loves in a human life form. We need another human form, which can be arrived at by Punya Karma, but a human life form that will correspond with his human life form. Then we have a suitable situation for loving. So how will we get a human life form instead of a human form? Not by Punya Karma. Hmm? How will you get a human life form? Same way that Krishna got a human life form. How did Krishna get a human life form? From the love of Radha. Radha is Bhakti Devi. There's a little Bhakti in every devotee. We meet a devotee, a Bhakta, who is a manifestation of the Kripa Shakti, mercy, power of Krishna. Then we can get a human life form. That is called what? What's another name for a human life form? And I'm talking about Sadhaka Deha. Sadhaka Deha. You get a Sadhaka Deha. It's not a human form. That's not acquired by Punya Karma. Hmm? You can't import, and, and you, in the Sadhaka Deha, you can't import your animal uh, propensities. And they're taken out. This is something As much as you take out that propensity, then you're in a suitable position for getting the love. So this form in which we begin to love Krishna, whose form is human-like. And that form of ours is human-like, and it has the same source. Bhakti. Now it's I'm just thinking like this. I got a human form. He means I got a human form in connection with Sadhusanga. Govinda Das prays Dula Bamana Bajanama Satsangye Tadai Baba Sangye Dula Bamana Bajanama. The human life is Dulabha. What does Dulabha mean? Rare to achieve out of so many species. Still, so how pious you have to be to get a human life? Hmm. Still, and there's nothing that piety. Hmm. But if you get a human life and you get, he says, Dulabhamanava Janama Satsangye. Hmm. Human life and Satsanga. I've often said that in, in, in the Gyanmar we advance by detachment, by Raghi. The corollary of knowledge is detachment. I know, if I know anything that's worth knowing, then I know that things of the world are here today and gone tomorrow. Chasing after them, hanging on to them, that's a recipe for for problem. So the corollary of knowledge is renunciation, and renunciation is how we progress in the Gyan Mark, the objective of which is purity. Our goal is not purity. 
without interest to be purity. Hmm? But it requires purity to love Krishna, then we accept some purity. Our goal is loving Krishna, and purity is a, is, is, a, is a byproduct of that, and whatever detachment that involves. But we progress not by detachment, but by attachment. Therefore, it's said, Bhagavatam, tells Devaditi, that the same attachment that ordinary people have for one another when transferred to a sadhu, it makes one life perfect. So human form of life in sadhu sangha, real sangha, means we associate, we get unattached. We like that company. This calls us our progress. He says, just see my position, he's lamenting. This is this is our our disposition in Anishtabhadra Kriya. He's in he's, he's in language he's uh, depicting it. Hmm? Mahaprabhu said, Nananuraga, hmm? I have no attachment, despite the mercy of Krishna giving the same thing as he does in the form of his name making himself so available. So he laments. He has some remorse. He goes on chanting. That remorse, that, uh, that purifies us. And in other words, the name stays with us. Not a neurotic sense, but a healthy sense of remorse. I should take advantage of the opportunity that's before me. Feeling like that, that will call help me, help me make progress. And so he says, I got a human form of life. Hmm? He means hmm? human like form of life. Hmm? I got Sadhusanga, but hmm? I, I, didn't, I didn't give myself sufficiently to Radha Krishna. If you don't do that, he says, it's like drinking poison. Krishna's Kavira says, if you've got a, what does he say, if you've got a human form of life and the opportunity to take up Chaitanya Bhakti and you don't, better you hadn't lived. It would be better if you hadn't lived at all. It's his perspective. So, such a great opportunity. How does it come before us again? He says, Gorokar Premodham, Harinams and Kirtan. That the wealth of Golok, the frame of Golok, comes through Namsan Kirtan. Mm-hmm. When I hear that, I think, there he was. Mm-hmm. So short, but so tall. Mm-hmm. So different, but so familiar. So, alone, in a sense, singular, standing out in the crowd, but calling the crowd around him without making any effort. That's my Prabhupada. He must have been about five, six, or five, four, or something like that. It's pretty short, but it's still taller. Hmm. 
and dressed like nobody in the airport. I first met him in the airport. <laughs> That's a, quite a get-up he got there. And that was even in the 60s. It was wild. Hmm? That was a wild outfit. Hmm? Hello, different. Hmm? And a mark on his forehead and, and so forth. Hmm? Saffron robes. Hmm? So different, but so familiar. Like an like old, old friend come bringing the wealth of Golok, the whole wealth of Golok. Carried in a little sack. Magic bag, yeah. He said that, that in New York in the beginning, more or less from my bag of magic, I gave out the holy name, experimented to see what would happen. So like an experimental drug. But try it. Give it here. Let me give it there. Give it there. See what happens. Hmm. Whatever happens, then we'll follow that. We follow the lead of that. This is how we expanded his, his mission. Hmm? The goods, what goods he was he was bearing. Hmm? And alone, strange but very familiar. Hmm? And alone, singular, no one like him, but calling the crowd around him just by his persona. Hmm? Like this. This is Vaishnava. And the Vaishnavesh and the perfect Sadaka Deha. This is a beautiful thing in this world. Such a beautiful thing. See that. It can change the whole course of your life forever. What is that? And some people will catch, what is that? They have enough Sakriti to take notice. Who is that? I like that. Powerful thing, actually. In that dress, in that attire, with those symbols, they, in the least, represent something very powerful. That something very extraordinary has been done through that for for centuries in this world. It's an empowered kind of. Uniform, if you understand it properly, it's a power kind of uniform. Indeed, this is the 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 the, 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 the rational dresses. Some people say it's not Vedic, even. We say we weren't interested in Vedic. We are interested in Mahaprabhu culture. This is coming out of Mahaprabhu's culture. Does that have any resemblance to reality, ultimate reality? Somebody said that, that, that uh, cultural ethnicity, ethnicity is just an extension of the false ego. But I differed. The 
the effect is found in the cause. Man and woman are made in the image of God. The effect is in the cause. The world is the effect, and the cause is there. It's a semblance. Mahaprabhu's Leela. If the spiritual, if there is a spiritual world, a world of love, there have to be some details. Right? Is it Nirvishesh Brahma? Then there's no love. There have to be some characteristics, some colors, some qualities, some etc. Well, do you think? I hear that Krishna appears like a, like a blue rain cloud, like a rain cloud. I've never seen anybody in any day looks like a rain cloud. I said, well, yeah. that is a poetic description of Krishna from the mystics in their meditation. But how do you think he appears? If he appears on earth, how do you think he appears? Like somebody from another planet? No. Do you think Mother Yusuf is going to look at her child and go, what planet is that? <laughs> <laughs> the person asked me, do you think Krishna appears like with Indian cultural sensibilities? I said, yeah, if he comes in India, he sure does. That's the whole teaching. That is the human-like form. Yes, he's beautiful. We can try to explain his beauty by comparing him to his complexion to the, to the rain cloud which is cooling and pregnant with the power to, to, to rain and benedict in the heat of the Indian summer. Hmm? It has so much... I mean, what can you say about it? it, 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 but, it but at the same time, he's one of us. Krishna is totally one of us. The idea that, that he would be different is moving in the direction of something godlike, not even like majestic, rather than Madhurya. Hmm? Oh, these are some thoughts. Mahabhu. Hmm? Hmm. Are we concerned about the Gorlila? We'll wear in the attire. The correspond with Gorlila have any effect? Would it be useful in any way for us if we are to meditate on Gorlila? Hmm? <coughs> so, this type of tar has some power to it. Hmm? It's a way in which something that transcends its limitations has been expressed. Though hmm? so we want to say the experience for example, expressions of Krishna Lila are limited. What it is transcends that, but it's that and something more. And as I say, the spiritual if there's a spiritual world, and there is, it has to have characteristics. Well then what characteristics will it have? Well it depends on how you approach it. Jetitamam, Patyamte. As they approach, I reciprocate accordingly. How many forms of Krishna are there? Numerically, who can count how many? 
how many are there? Does the Bhagavatam say it does give a number? Asamjya. Countless. You can count them. Now there's something we want to go from poetry to philosophy, then from feeling to philosophy, then there's some philosophy as to what's spiritual and what's material. But we don't want to go there and do away with all the feeling. Then we said near the sage Brahma. But the basic basic philosophy there's a difference between the Atma, subjective and the objective world. So there's a spiritual tradition that has this in mind. I think all religious traditions uh, of value really uh, have that at the core, at the heart. And in my, from my perspective also, the more that a religious tradition is, is genuinely spiritual, the more Hindu-like it becomes. You have Christianity that's non-violent, for example. It's vegetarian. It believes in some, it can accommodate some idea of rebirth, even even purgatory and then another birth and something, you know, that this idea is there. You can find Christians like, like that, and they clearly differentiate between consciousness and matter. This is a clear idea. The sattvic idea can differentiate clearly between consciousness and matter. Rajas mixes the two up. Hmm. So there can be, uh, uh, you know, if you take Islam and you go from to, to Sufism, then Islam it's, it's moving in the direction of Vedanta. And I don't say Vedanta or Hinduism in a sectarian way, because Hinduism isn't sectarian. It's like this broad thing that accommodates all kinds. You can't, like, this is Hinduism. No, no, this is Hinduism. No, that's Hinduism. Or there. It's super eclectic and super, I want to say, um, inclusive. So if you want to come into India and and I know this, there was this one Catholic priest, I think he passed away now, Bede Griffiths, what's his name? And he lived in South India. And there he just he kind, of, kind of became attached to that field, and there he preached there. He had a church, which was a temple. He had a monastery, which was an ashram. He had Jesus on the altar, and he had Artik. Offered Artik to, to, to Jesus. What is offer Artik? Is there a these are, you see, the more there is specificity about the God, the more possibility there is of loving Him. That's why in Christianity, oftentimes these two commandments, if you will, or whatever they are, I don't know if they're, they're not part of the Ten Commandments, maybe they are the Ten, ten Commandments, so, that you should love your God with all your heart and soul, and you love your neighbor as yourself. These are two different commandments. They're not to be merged into one. But loving your neighbor is the sum and substance of loving God. Mm-hmm. Whether you can love God and not love your neighbor, you've got to do both. Mm-hmm. How can you love your neighbor like yourself? You have to see there's no difference between myself and that self. This is yoga. 
Krishna says, Yogi is perfect when he sees pain of others as if it's his own. He sees that, that, that the differences are superficial, bodily, mental, being that. You know. So this is how you can actually love your neighbor like yourself and love your God with all your heart and soul. Well, you know, how do you love anybody? You say, you know, can I cook you something? Can I, you want to take bread? Excuse my bed. Can I get you something? A gift? This uh, is what the dati Giving, receiving gifts, eating, feed someone, accept food from them. This is what love is about. It's real simple. Rupa Goswami is giving a nice person. Love is this big, what's love? He says, it's like this. It's about serving. Hmm? You love someone, that's probably so you serve them. Very practical. So, when you have, if you have God, the person, quality, you can, and you can cook for him, you can serve, and uh, Arctic office, evenings, nice items offered, you understand properly. It's also an unraveling, more esoterically speaking, of the bodily ingredients, the air, the fire, the ether, the conch, the earth, the incense, the smell, offering all these things that my body is constituted of, and it disappears. And the body comes out, made out of bhakti, standing before the deity. So anyway, he did arti to, to Jesus. And maybe he had a Mary over there, or what, Salya, and so. So, so, where did he go? He died. Where did he go? Some, I could, uh, why not? Right? That's the theory. Why not? So, they all, and again, what else would the spiritual world look like? Arguably, you will carry some cultural sensibilities there, but they will be spiritualized and have application in that, um, that, 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 it'll be a little different, mostly majestic and so forth. So this is the teaching, actually, of Gaudi Vaishnavism. So just to dismiss, you know, like say, for example, you want to dismiss cultural sensibilities of India and, and devotional attire and ritual. So there's a point where, where you know, you, you will want to blend with another culture and bring the essential spirituality and let go of certain cultural baggage. And there's another point where, where you... You, you may be letting go of something that's worth preserving and, 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 and um, may help you validate others and so forth. So, um, um, it takes a lot of realization to take a spiritual essence, for example, of Gaudi Vaishnavism and transplant it in another culture, and to be with a very broad brush dismissal, dismissive, dismissive of everything related to, for example, Indian culture, this doesn't um, sound very um, mature.
very deep. And if we can so readily dismiss, I mean, it's not Indian culture, but this is the, the, the spiritual culture to me. Yeah. It has those um, some elements, as I said, cultural elements. But if you dismiss that, then you dismiss your own culture as well. And your own, it's also irrelevant. And then, you know, I mean, again, what does God become? Maybe a Brahma or something like that. But it's not, not good. Goloka mm-hmm. There's a place called Golok. Uh, the wealth of brain. What is it like? Well, it is like the meditation of Rupa Goswami. It is like the meditation of Jiva Goswami. Is that Indian cultural? Is that what they're doing? Just meditating on Indian culture and have Indian cultural sensibilities that they're attached to and so forth. Hmm. And if it's, well, if they're just giving a cultural handle for people who, you know, need it, and then they can drop it, then, well, what do they drop it for? What does it turn into? Again, is it Nirvishesh Brahma? If it's, if it's going to be something, there's going to be some differentiation, what's it going to be? Oh, you don't know how you get there. That's not the teaching. The teaching is how you will go is what you will get. How you will meditate now is what you will attain. And so there are meditations that are given for meditating on Krishna's form in Sakirasa, Madhuri Rasa, Vatsali Rasa, Leela's describing. Meditating on that, you will get that. Hmm? You will get that, and the more that uh, all of that uh, constitutes. Hmm? So to dismiss those meditations, make up your own make our Radha Krishna a little older and instead of Krishna having a flute, give him a cell phone. You know, this is a modern age. And so smartphone. Got to have a smart smartphone. Smartphone. Instead of you know, herding cows, give them a mountain bike or something. You know. <laughs> um, but this is not how the Goswamis arrived at their poetic and artistic um, descriptions of the absolute. So, and they are empowered meditations. We should not dismiss them. Mm-hmm. So there is a place called Vilok. It has a wealth of brain. It comes. Narthan says, "By Harinam, Sankirtan." It comes to us. And we can sing that. I remember how it came into me in the form of Prabhupada. And uh, I was attracted to his differentness. <laughs> that, they, what, that he has such a familiar feeling. He says, uh, I, I lament again that hmm, I have no attachment for this Namsan Kirtan. The material world, Sangsara, hmm, uh, burns like fire, poison of worldliness, and here I am, not accepting the means to put that fire out, 
such as my position. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Rajendranandan Krishna has come, and the son of Sachi, and Balaram has come in the form of Nitai. Nitai Haribo. They are delivering the fallen people, like Jagai Madai. So their mercy knows no bounds. Narutam says, Oh, Vishabhama Sutta Yuta, Koro Koro E Bharo, son of son of Nanda, accompanied by the daughter, Vishabhama, be merciful to me, Radha Krishna, be merciful to me. Don't push me away from your reddish lotus feet. For who? My beloved, except for you. Shri Narasimha, for you.